Hi, I'm Kelsey from Brandenburg, Kentucky, a student pharmacist from the University of Kentucky College of Pharmacy in Lexington. You're listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Pharmacy Forward podcast. This is Stuart Haynes, and joining me today is my co-host, Rebecca Heath. Rebecca is a PGY2 Ambulatory Care Pharmacy Practice resident here at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about how to successfully navigate career pivots. Statistics show that most of us will experience a major career change several times in our lifetime, whether the career change was needed, wanted, or by necessity, this can be a challenging time to navigate, and it's associated with many psychological hurdles as well as logistical barriers. However, it can also be a very exciting time as we move into the new career. This could potentially align more with our interest. And a major career change often involves not only moving jobs and employers, but it it requires us to learn new skills and take on new responsibilities. Sometimes a major career change involves moving our household to a new area of the country, which in itself is very emotionally challenging and can be disruptive to our family and especially children. Admittedly, I'm still very early in my career, but I'm anticipating my first job out of residency will probably be a big challenge and a big career move for me. And today, our guest is Dr. Lucinda Main, who is, for the past 20 years, been the Executive Vice President of the American Association of Colleges of Pharmacy. Dr. Main will be stepping down from her role in AACP in 2022 and entering what she calls the preferment stage of her career, which will be a major transition for her. But during her career, she's held several positions that required her to make major changes, not only in her work responsibilities, but also physically move to different areas of the country. Moreover, Lucinda has mentored many, many individuals who have taken on major new challenges in their careers. And so she can speak with some personal experience about how challenging a career pivot can be. Lucinda, it's, it's terrific to have you on the Pharmacy Forward podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Stuart and Rebecca. It's a, a thrill, uh, and it is a poignant time for me, as you mentioned, because I have announced that I am transitioning out of full-time employment into the era that I like to call preferment. Some people call that retirement, but I have discarded that word. I am really looking forward to the planning and the transitions that will occur over the course of the next 7 to 12 months. Congratulations on your upcoming transition. We are excited to learn from your experiences, Lucinda. I understand that throughout your career, you've had several career pivots, but I was wondering if you could share with us a career change that was the most challenging for you, perhaps a position that required you to rethink the direction of your career and take on a new role that was a big stretch outside of your comfort zone. I, I do, in fact, have one really major career change where I, I went from uh, my first positions in pharmacy after I finished my education that were academic positions, one as a faculty member in a practice environment, and the other one in academic administration. But what caused that 
career change was that my husband, pharmacist, Dan Albrandt, and I were not working in the same city, and we were ready to correct that. So that was really the, the impetus for beginning to question what it was I wanted to do next and decided that while I could continue very happily in an academic career, and I strongly recommend it to your listeners, um, that maybe it was time for me to try something a little bit different. And so I thought about several different opportunities that were in different segments of pharmacy and ultimately made the decision to move to the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area and take a senior staff position with the American Pharmacists Association. As it turned out, Dan was able to get a fabulous position in the same area. And so we accomplished our first family goal of living together again in one household with very satisfying and challenging careers. But what made that change so significant for me was I had been very actively involved in APHA. I actually was serving for my third year on the APHA board when I was approached by the CEO, Dr. John Gans, who asked me to consider an open position in his senior management team. I thought to myself, well, I've always imagined that I might work for APHA one day. This sounds like a fairly natural change career change, yes, but I think I am really well prepared to assume these responsibilities because I know this organization so well. And it was a comeuppance to me to recognize that in making that change, I had a lot of growth to do and ask for help with. And so a number of factors went into that particular career pivot driven by family as a priority, but also wanting to make sure that I was being true to what I was passionate about, which is a message I really want to get across in our interview today, that I think people do their best work when they're able to follow their passion. And I recognize that my passion was helping the profession improve its ability to make a difference in the lives of patients through optimizing medication management. And I knew that that was what APHA's objective, mission, and goals were as well. So there was alignment. So Lucinda, I think many people, a major career pivot can feel pretty intimidating, but it's also very exciting. Many pharmacists and other health professionals aren't feeling so good about the employment situation they're in right now. And while they might be able to find a similar job with another employer, uh, the work will likely be the same old, same old stuff that they were doing before. So some people are looking to make a major change in their career that aligns more with their interests, as you said, doing something very different. So if someone came to you and said, Lucinda, my career is kind of in a rut, I want to make a change, I want to do something different, what kind of advice would you give them? Great question, Stuart. Um, and I'm going to go back to the point that I made a minute ago, that how I would start that conversation is to get that person to answer the question, what are you passionate about? Now, some people are going to say, I'm not 
passionate about pharmacy anymore. And while I would characterize that as, as unfortunate, I think what's really important is, is that they are honest with themselves about that. But one of the most important issues I think that is underappreciated in pharmacy is the absolutely wide and diverse array of career opportunities that our degrees prepare us to assume and to pursue. I remember, albeit four decades ago in pharmacy school, the faculty would routinely say, well, most of you are going to either work in the community setting or in the hospital setting when you graduate. And, and there are a few other opportunities, but we're, we're not really going to focus on them. And we were pretty much left to our own devices to figure out what some of those other opportunities might be. I want to mention, first of and foremost, that there are some opportunities for people to do some self-evaluation that perhaps we don't engage in enough. I have been involved with the APHA Career Pathways Program from its inception uh, many decades ago, and I'm so thrilled that it's still accessible to student pharmacists, residents, fellows, and practitioners on the APHAPharmacist.com website. That program is is grounded in survey research that has been done repeatedly over time to find out what the critical factors are in pharmacists' career selection and satisfaction. And you can actually go in and do a self-assessment and it will tell you what handful of career pathways might be the most aligned with your own career priorities and passion. So I, I, I lift that up to your listeners as an alternative if they are seriously questioning whether they are in the right place right now in their pharmacy position. Very excited to also share that we will be launching in 2022 a brand new National Pharmacy Internship Network. And much more information will be available about this new project, which we are doing collaboratively with two other organizations, the American Foundation for Pharmaceutical Education and the American Pharmacists Association, specifically their Academy of Student Pharmacists. And we envision that this network will expose learners and I'm going to use that term because I think a learner could be a pharmacist 10 or 15 years in his or her career, continuously learning, to a wide range of traditional and non-traditional internship opportunities in managed care, in the pharmaceutical industry, in management positions within a variety of different contexts. It'll give internship hosts a one-stop opportunity to expose their opportunity to all of the pharmacy students and others who might be interested. And so that's the second really exciting thing I would recommend in its forthcoming. And then APHA has also been working on a project that we have been at AACP in discussion with them now for several years, and it's being tested in just a handful of schools. 
It's a project called APHA Advance. APHA Advance will soon be available to pharmacists writ large and to the schools and colleges of pharmacy as a tool for continuous assessment and planning of your career pathways. And once you put information in about what you're interested in and might be potentially interested in pursuing, let's say you've been in a clinical pharmacy position in an institutional setting for X number of years, but you're really passionate about geriatrics and you think that getting involved in the care of older adults in whatever context might be your next stop. This advanced program is going to help you identify, is there credentialing I need to do? Is there more education I might need to take advantage of? And lead you to the sources for that in a very user-friendly and navigable way. So I like to remind people of a figure I heard from a knowledgeable individual a couple of years ago who said to me, Lucinda, 75% of the jobs in the next 10, 15, 20 years have not been invented yet. 75% have not been invented yet. And that just really tells our profession and your listeners that they need to make a commitment to continuously evaluate their qualifications, Are they keeping themselves up to date? Uh, And are they doing it in a way that purposefully aligns with where they would like to see their career going? It really does put a lot of the emphasis on the individual doing that work, but they also can reach out to mentors, role models, people in, in networks to help them with that. I do have to share one more personal anecdote about major career changes. I've mentioned that my husband, Dan, is a pharmacist, worked for the vast majority of his career in pharmacy in critical care, dealing with a lot of really sick people, dealing with family members, struggling with end-of-life issues. And after denying the fact that he had a call to ministry for a very long number of years, Dan actually accepted that went to seminary to get his Master's of Divinity around the age of 50. And for the last four and a half years, he has pastored two rural United Methodist churches in the middle of Virginia. So not only did he have a career pivot, but I had a bit of one too, in that I am now a pastor's wife in addition to the other roles that I play. Once you decide on making the career change, How do you discover what skills are needed for your new job, and how can you acquire these skills to be competitive? I'm going to tell you that just this morning I was listening to a a different podcast, and at the very end of this interview with a pharmacist who had a fairly non-traditional education and career uh, trajectory, she made a, a really important point to this particular question, Rebecca. And she differentiated approaches for women in comparison to many men. And of course, those are gross generalizations. But I'll start by by making the point she made, because it's, it's really germane. And that is that women believe 
that they have to already have the full portfolio of skills and experience before they consider themselves qualified to pursue something that may be a, a, a major career change or moving from you know, the known to the unknown. Men are much more likely, and this is based on evidence, to take a leap of faith that, that they've got good foundational knowledge and skills and ability, and that they will quickly be able to understand what it is that this new responsibility requires of them. And with the help of their employer and continuous professional development, they will be able to succeed. But regardless, gender-wise or otherwise, considering a, a new position, it is really important to have a clear view of what the requirements and the skills are. And obviously, the job posting is a great place to start, but it's probably not the end-all and be-all, especially as somebody advances into positions of management. You're going to hear generic things about managerial skills and leadership skills, but you know what does that really mean in this context? I am a strong advocate of networking. Every position I have had in my career has come to me as a function of the networks that I've created, largely in pharmacy, though not exclusively, and the guidance that I have sought and received from those people who are part of my network. Some of them might be doing similar jobs to the one I'm considering. That's a really valuable conversation to have because it really takes some of the blinders off and helps you interpret what might be in the job posting. So network, your state and national pharmacy organizations are your go-to places, in my opinion, for building that network and, and appreciating what you can learn from others who may have gone to a similar place before you. But ultimately, it comes back again to self-assessment. What have you done in your career that seems to line up with the requirements of this new position? And I, and I will share that when I was considering whether or not to apply for the AACP, Executive Vice President and CEO position, I was really uncertain. Um, I didn't say early in my career that I aimed to be a CEO of something someday. And even though I'd been in senior management for 10 years at APHA, I, I still had some question marks about whether or not I had the right stuff, if you will. And as I was, I, had, I finally did apply, obviously, and I went through the first round of interviews and those seemed to go pretty well. And then I was invited to the second and final round of interviews. And as I was preparing to go to that final interview with the AACP board at the time, I said, now, what are they going to ask me? I said, they're going to ask me, how does my previous experience equip me to tackle this position? And in fact, that was the very first question in the interview. And I had written it down on a, on a piece of ruled notebook paper. And what I did was I identified all of my education, my, my internship experiences, my involvement in national and state pharmacy associations, etc. 
And what I realized at the end of that analysis was is that I had spent approximately half my career in pharmacy education and half my career in association management. So I decided that I was perfect for that position. And I said so during the interview. And they laughed, fortunately, and I got the job. But, but that's an exercise that I really encourage people to go through. Document that from education, experiences on the job, in community service, as a leader, perhaps, a committee member of, a, of an organization, and just get it down so that it's very fresh and clear in your mind. And then you're going to be able to communicate that to the person or person or, or team that is doing the hiring for this position that you have decided best is aligned with your career goals. So Lucinda, sometimes career pivots are intentional and, and we're excited about them and it's something we want to do. But sometimes they're unexpected, like some outside force is causing a disruption. And the type of work the person performs is, is no longer needed. For example, uh, the company or the hospital has financial struggles, so they have to force layoffs in their workforce. Or perhaps the business is sold and, and they close a lot of their units. Or perhaps the institution starts to outsource certain job functions. And of course, new technology can come along and it can replace some or all of the work that was once performed by people or make that work more efficient so that we don't need as many people to perform it. And, and this is constantly going on in the work environment, all of these forces. So the reality is that many of us will be kind of, quote, forced to make a career pivot at some point in our, in our life. And, and unfortunately, in healthcare, these kinds of disruptions have become more commonplace, especially over the past decade. So what are some of the things that we can do, all of us, to prepare for a potential disruption like this? It's, it's a really good point, Stuart. And I think you are absolutely correct that while this is ongoing all the time, I, I think that the rate of change in society in general, but in healthcare specifically, is going to cause more of these disruptions across people's 30, 40, 50-year career. I remember a story of a, of a pharmacist who had made her career in two environments, association management and in the pharmaceutical industry. And she suddenly found herself displaced she was in a position to do a, a very interesting thing. She actually decided that she was going to get back into the practice of pharmacy, but she recognized that she had been out of practice, the front line of patient care, too long, even though she retained her license. And so she found an opportunity. It happened to have been a, an HIV clinic early in the epidemic. And she asked to be able to apprentice in that pharmacy practice, in that clinic. Obviously, someone needs to be prepared. She happened to be married, and so hers was not the only uh, source of income for the family unit. But she was able to do that, forego you know, meaningful compensation for a period of time where she prepared herself to assume frontline patient care 
responsibilities again. And so that's always stuck with me as a, as a very bold and progressive approach to an unplanned career change. It does mean that we have to pay attention to our financial planning, but it's an opportunity. You know, as I mentioned that I had not planned to be a CEO. That was not on my list of career aspirations. Career planning is really a very imperfect science, and especially so in healthcare, as we both remarked, constantly changing. And I think the pandemic has stimulated some change that would have probably taken five or 10 years longer. Just think about the telehealth services that have emerged in the pandemic. So what do you do? I, I say that you really have to stay well-connected to what's happening in the profession. As a lifelong advocate for making associations that career-connecting platform, I, I bemoan the fact that too many pharmacists have relinquished that sense of responsibility to their profession and are not members of their state or national pharmacy associations. And there is a pharmacy association for everything. And so join, but don't only join, get actively involved. Being a checkbook member does not do you much good at all. You really need to be actively involved. You need to go to their meetings. You need to tell people that you would like to play, you know, a leadership role as a committee member or in any number of other contexts, but stay connected to what's happening in the profession. The best way to do that is by being a member of your state and national pharmacy organizations. Then use those resources that I mentioned a bit ago for your self-assessment so that you stay aware of new skills. Right now, the one that seems to be top of mind for everybody is digital health. And we just did an institute on digital health so that pharmacy faculty can do a better job of integrating information about this rapidly exploding area of, of health care. What is that all about? It's more than just an EHR. It's wearables, it's shareables, it's, it's all kinds of other things like that. I'm wearing my Apple watch that I got for my wedding anniversary, and it's telling me all kinds of things about myself. And then finally... I go back to being prepared for disruption by making sure that you have some emergency cushion financially so that you don't have to make a desperate move. We have a lot of choices. The pharmacy degree is a remarkable, remarkable body of knowledge and education, but you got to keep yourself up to date and you got to stay networked. Well, Cinda, I really, really appreciate everything that you've told us today, and you've really laid the foundation to help our listeners transition uh, from any career, really, that they might choose, whether they're transitioning from full-time to part-time employment, a new career path, or, or choosing to go into preferment. Yes, and, and I am taking my own advice as I transition to preferment. That's not a term I made up in case your listeners are questioning it, but I do prefer it to retirement uh, because I, A, I'm not going to disappear from pharmacy. 
but I don't have to work full time in it anymore. And there are some other things that at this point in my life, I'm looking forward to doing. One of those will be living full time with my husband again. We have not done that for the last four and a half years because of his ministry assignment. But I also want to get very involved in things in the community where we relocate and see if we can't be a positive force in addressing some of the unmet social justice issues. And so I'm really looking forward to this pivot. And I will keep you uh, informed, Stuart, in our AACP connection. I know that you are interested in how people manage their careers longitudinally. And I really respect the help that you're providing your listeners, especially with Pharmacy Forward. Thank you so much, Lucinda. I hope our listeners feel more prepared to navigate their career changes and that they're excited about all the opportunities available to them in a time of transition. My key takeaways from this episode is to always be prepared for a career change by keeping up with the changes occurring in our profession, developing new skills, and taking advantage of the networking and career navigation tools provided by our pharmacy organizations. It's never too late to craft the career that aligns with your passion. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all of your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We would love to hear from you. Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit pharmacycpd.org. That's pharmacycpd.org.